Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, when you need to take a little break in your life, mm-hmm. where do you go online? Like a little online vacation. 651-641-1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Otherwise, I mean, here like that that was like an artful way to ask the question, what's your online time suck? Yeah. Like what's the thing you do? I mean not. Other than, you know. Don't. Okay, so here's the story. Don't. Don't. I, so I'm in the middle of finals because I'm a, I'm a student again. Yay. I'm in the middle of finals. And so I needed to take a lot of study breaks this weekend. I had a bunch of papers to write. And I noticed when I take a study break, sometimes I would do things that required me to actually have clothing on and go out oh. into the world, you okay. know, like see people yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But sometimes I would just say I need 10 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would surf on over. I always, these are the two things I love to do. I love to look at old houses online. Sure. Yeah. That's fun. That are for sale for cheap and think about how I would redecorate them. Yeah, of course. And I also like to browse through Facebook marketplace where I have no intention of buying anything. I just want to see what's out there. there? I think so, but not. I mean, I don't need anything. You just like to see what's out there. I just like to see what's out there. What are people getting rid of these days? 651 641 1071. What do you do online when you need a little quick vacation from life? Heather is on the line. Hello, Heather. Hi, guys. Hi, Hi, Heather. Okay, Heather, what is your little online vacation? What do you do? My favorite is Pinterest. Oh. What do you look at, uh, look at on Pinterest? Well, my favorite is recipes because I love cooking, but also just crafts or decorating ideas. Anything that gets me away from reality, really. Yeah. Right? It's so easy these yeah. days with the internet. I know. And do you ever, okay, yeah. question about your Pinterest habits. Do you ever yeah. do anything with your Pinterest stuff? I do. I, I try to try the recipes. Um, you know, when life gets busy, it's just not, it's not a happen. thing. Yep. But, um, you know, it does help for gift ideas or teacher gift ideas. That's true. Or, sure. You know, stuff like that. It's, I would say it's not as often as I'd like to use it, but it's there. Thanks for your call, Heather. She's a Pinterest gal. You know, Pinterest, I haven't used Pinterest in a long time. I, we all remember we went through a period probably about five, six years mm-hmm. ago where we were, we were all obsessed with Pinterest. Um, my Pinterest now is YouTube. It's literally like a visual Pinterest video Pinterest. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can sit on my couch and just watch YouTube videos of like street food. 
you know, like, and they're delightfully small videos, like three to five minutes. So if I've got 10 minutes, I can just sit down, watch a couple of things. And it just gives me that sense of like, okay, there's a world out there. Now I can go about my life yeah. back to my, you know, like you visited the streets. I went to of, Taiwan. Yeah, exactly. Just for 10 minutes yes. and then moved on with life. Exactly. Let's go to Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Kelly, when you're, uh, when you need a little break from reality, what is it that you do online? Um, I go to a website called Masterclass. Oh, yeah. yes. And it's wonderful. I mean, I know it's, like, it can get a little spendy, but um, you pay like 99 bucks and you could take one particular class. Or I will do for $200, I could take classes from any industry expert. So if I want to learn about cooking from Gordon Ramsay, I can do that. Um, I'm really into screenwriting. Um, so I'll take classes from like... Um, they'll have, uh, like, Ron Howard will do a class, or Martin Scorsese, and you can learn how they do their thing. It's really kind of cool. Yeah, that is awesome. Thank you so much for your call, Kelly. I'm on this uh, website right now. I've never... There's a little bit of everything. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never done one of these. I've seen them show up in my, like, Instagram feed, and there was one, I can't remember. I've seen the Gordon Ramsay one. Um, Oh, David Sedaris. I just saw one for David Sedaris, where he talks about storytelling and humor. Um, and you just pay, you know, you pay the fee. It, it seems oh like a gosh. great gift idea. Yeah. It's a little expensive. Well, that's what I was just thinking. It does seem like a great gift idea because it's not something I probably would. I would feel bad for myself down that money, but I, I would in my head, like it, it seems like it would be a lot of fun. But if you want to learn, for example, gymnastics fundamentals, Simone Biles has oh, I'm all a in. master class. I mean, truly big, huge names. It is kind of cool. I don't know that I would. Be excited about all of them. Christina Aguilera does a singing one. Uh, you can learn acting at the foot of Natalie Portman or comedy from Steve Martin. Or creativity and leadership from Anna Wintour. It does sort of give you that feeling that you are, I'm sure, that you are learning truly one-on-one with these people. Um, that reminds me of actually a much like sort of the poor man's master class. Mm-hmm. And now the name... Escapes me, but you can do it through your uh, Audible membership. The, yep. uh, the what are they called? I don't remember what it's called, but I've done that look. before. Ooh, I listened to one though, and it was so bad. Some of them are, and you Ugh. have to you have to go through. I'm going to find it because it's on my my app. It's um through Audible, but you can also get like a video membership, mm-hmm. like if you want to watch these. Um, I did one on um, stress. The great courses. That's what it's called. Yeah, I did one on uh, stress management, and it was taught by a professor. And I had to stop listening to it because it was stressful. It was stressful to listen to oh, no. because the way she talked was oh. up talking, and she yeah. always called it st- stress. And I. You were like, about five minutes in, I was like, I'm not handling my stress very well. Yeah. If you love delete like history and language, there are a number of great ones. Um, They also have some there's I did an entire one on food, like the history of food. Like I've actually listened to it twice now because it's such a wonderful little history. It's like if you love history, if you love food. It's a great thing. Anyway, that that just costs like one credit on your Audible membership. Yeah. Yeah. And who doesn't love that? All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show. A notable death over the weekend. This one kind of hit me right in the feels. Um, Carol Spinney, who played the voice of Big Bird and also Oscar the Grouch, passed away this weekend. And, you know, it got me thinking about how I was raised on PBS. And I know you were, too. And, Holly, you were as well. 
I thought maybe we could just have like a moment to think about all the wonderful gifts that PBS gave us and reminisce a little bit. And if you want to join in the fun, by all means, if there was something that you loved as a child or as a young adult on PBS, 651-641-1071. We'll talk about that after this on My Talk 1071. I don't know about you guys, but I I felt a little gut punch this weekend when I learned of the death of Carol Spinney, uh, the voice of Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch. And actually, for a long period of time, the puppeteer also for both of those characters on Sesame Street. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Uh, my hey. God, there you go. Um, he was 85 years old at his time of death. He died at his home in Woodstock, Connecticut. And uh, when I got the headline, I th- I just had that pat- that moment of thinking, our childhood is, you know, is our entire childhood has changed. I know that sounds silly to say, but the older you get, the farther you are from your own childhood. Yeah, for sure. People start to die, and we've experienced that with people that we loved as children already, like Mr. Rogers. And um, and then with the news of Carol Spinney, again, the voice and the puppeteer behind Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. I thought, you know, maybe we just need to have some warm fuzzies about how we were raised on PBS. Um, I told my kids, oh, Carol Spinney died. Um, he was the voice and the puppeteer of Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch. Mm-hmm. And my 10-year-old son said, I, I, he said, first of all, he said, I didn't know that Big Bird was voiced by a woman. And I said, well, no, Carol Spinney was a man. And he said, oh, and he said, I guess I didn't really ever watch any Sesame Street. And it broke my heart because you, ca- I cannot, I cannot imagine growing up without Sesame Street. But it is true. Sesame Street really wasn't popular for him when he was in that that age. And so it wasn't something we watched in our house. For them, it was probably, it had already moved to HBO. So it's not like you were flipping on the HBO. I mean, they still had Sesame Street on PBS. Right. But it really wasn't, even for my older son, we didn't, Sesame Street wasn't the number, it wasn't the thing that, that was all we had. PBS was all we had when well, we yes, were kids. Specifically because there was no internet. Right. Right. There was no World Wide Web. So there was not infinite distraction um, for your children to be, you know, sucked uh, into. For us, that was all we had was television. And in terms of children's television, it really was other than Saturday morning cartoons, because that's when, you know, network TV, in addition to some afternoon cartoons, but mostly Saturday mornings was the only place that most of television was paying attention to children. Um, but PBS, because it was public broadcasting, had a mission, you know, to deal with um, children's education. And obviously the main part of that was children's television workshop and, and Sesame Street. And one of the other, you know, people we've been talking about that was made known by PBS is Mr. Rogers, mm-hmm. mostly because of the uh, movie out right now that stars Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers. But it also occurred to me, there was a time when I thought, oh, I got to introduce my kids to Mr. Rogers. Oh, and I imagine if they've seen it, they were like, what? Why, Why was are you making me watch this? Yeah. The, I mean, we is... thought that when we watched it as grownups, I mean, you had a nostalgic feeling when you watched it. But when if you watched an episode today of Mr. Rogers, you'd think to yourself, okay, where are we going with this? But the thing that's so sad is I can't help myself from thinking that's what we need right now, is that slow, intentional thoughtful 
kind, loving voice of Mr. Rogers, of Sesame Street, the characters on Sesame Street. Yeah. That is what the world needs so badly right now, but we don't, we, there isn't, we don't have that voice. Yeah. Anymore. I don't know who are the voices then that are speaking to your kids. I mean, that's a little off topic, but. Well, no, that's okay. We can stick with that. I don't, you know, I honestly, it's, it's YouTube celebrities, yeah. many of whom I. Jojo Siwa! Yeah, that's the <laughs> slow voice that we have yeah. now is the yell of Jojo Siwa. Oh, isn't that sad? It's really well, sad. I imagine, though, it's, uh, uh, yes. And I believe that it's probably a little bit of a blessing and a, as well as a curse because while on the one hand you have a lot of things trying to distract your children that are probably not very healthy, uh, you, it just would probably mean, I'm not a parent, but that you need to go looking for those things because I imagine there are actually probably more ways to get your children's attention with something that actually would keep their attention. Like you intentionally trying to sit your children down in front of an episode of Mr. Rogers mm-hmm. is probably not going to be as successful as you sort of surveying the, you know, the landscape, the landscape and making good decisions about uh, what your kids, you know, are consuming. I, I, I imagine you don't do a lot of that as a parent anyway, because you really can't. Right. So you kind of just have to like create the boundaries and hope that there's enough within those boundaries of the good as well as the bad. Well, and hope that you can parent around the iffy stuff, yeah. right? Because there is, there's plenty out there of iffy things that maybe don't necessarily reflect your values. And that was kind of the cool thing about PBS. I'm sure that my parents were relaxed in the fact that they knew anything that was on PBS was safe, for me to watch yeah. as a child. Yeah. And then as you grew, I mean, I know that it wasn't just Sesame Street and uh, Mr. Rogers because there's all kinds of great programming oh, yeah, on I'm, PBS. Like we talked about, like we talked about the frugal gourmet, mm-hmm. which well, just cooking shows in general. Right. Right. PBS was the original food network. Yeah. I mean, whether it was food television, whether it was science programming, whether it was, you know, I loved politics and news as a child. It was very weird. So, you know, there was pretty much PBS is where I spent most of my day watching TV. And I don't think that was even an intentional thing by my parents, because just looking back on my life, I don't think my parents had much of an influence at all on what I watched on television. They were very agnostic. Like, is there a TV on? Great. That'll get your attention in terms of what I watched. That was pretty much, you know, up to me to decide, but I gravitated towards all that PBS, all the PBS programming. The thing that was interesting too, that we were talking about, it's the same thing with the cooking shows on PBS, Mm -hmm. as was the case with um, Mr. Rogers and um, Sesame Street. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Street is if you go back now and watch the Frugal Gourmet or you just watched another old Yan PBS. Yeah. If you go back and watch those and you're watching through the lens of the of the eye that we watch the Food Network with now, they seem slow, those shows do. They don't seem as sexy as the Food Network shows are. The lighting is different. They don't, it seems a little bit more simple. It doesn't have all of the bells and whistles and appeal that the Food Network does. Yeah, I like. I appreciate, that's why I love the world that we live in. Again, it's a blessing and a curse. I have the ability to go back and watch all those old shows because that's what I enjoy because it's not over-edited. It's not, you know, these constant fast cuts in the way they edit shows to grab, you know, people's attention who have no attention span. I mean, we're all guilty of that, but... You know, for my taste, again, the blessing and the curse is the technology allows me to actually seek out the stuff that I enjoy. And a lot of that stuff is, you know, going to be slower and going to be more, you know, knowledge like they actually sat on the camera and taught you something. It wasn't like like I also watched a, a Food Network show this morning and, you know was basically yelling at my TV. It wasn't the same experience yeah. as I think what you're saying. Yeah. We're just pining away for the good old days on the Colleen oh. and Bradley show. When we come back, we've got some celebrities behaving badly to tell you about. We call them D-bags. D-bag. We'll tell you about them after this on My Talk 1071. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And we have a name for those celebrities behaving badly, and that name is. Dubert! Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who's your D-bag? Um, okay. We need to talk about that banana taped to a wall. I can't even. I, can, I still cannot believe so, somebody tried to, to buy that thing for $120,000 and it was a tried. banana. They, they did. And guess what? Duct taped to the wall. What? Not just one person. Not just two people. They sold three versions of that piece of art and it gets so much better. Okay. But it's that's why I chose it as my D-bag today. Please put that in loose quotes. That piece of art. Swap art out for another piece of something. You know? Okay. Just me. Sorry, go on. What happened? I was going to be a bitchy comment person, but I won't, so I'm going to keep talking now. Um, About that story, I was going to say something, but I won't. Anyway, (laughs) that banana duct taped to a wall, which sold for $120,000, to your point, at Miami's Art Basel, uh, it's no longer on display for a number of reasons, which we will talk about, but this was due in large part because of, quote, several uncontrollable crowd movements. Oh. Now, you'll remember the piece of this art was titled Comedian, and it literally was um, the first edition, anyway, of Maurizio Catalan's Banana, uh, taped to a wall on it with a piece of duct tape. It sold at 115, edition two, which was just another banana taped to a wall, sold at 3.30. And uh, they are now, Art Basel is in discussions, or were in discussions regarding a third edition for a museum showing. Okay, wait, hold. Because I'm doing math right now in my head. 
which means this guy, I actually think we might be the idiots here. Yeah. This guy made like half a million dollars yeah. off a of banana and duct tape. Mm-hmm. And guess what? We're doing it wrong. What? Another artist uh, made headlines with this particular piece of artwork around 1.45 in the PM on Saturday in front of a convention center full of art lovers. When a guy by the name of David DeTuna, a performance artist, ate the banana. He called his performance piece Hungry Artist. Wow. Now, the director of the museum said he did not destroy the artwork. The banana is the idea. And to people who say, well, didn't he eat the artwork? Collectors, the three that have purchased this piece of art for a hundred and several thousand dollars, they weren't buying the banana. They were just buying the certificate of the art. And duh, the banana was not meant to last. I don't even understand this nonsense. Okay, so I'm glad you pointed that out because when I read this story, I, there were a couple of headlines and I'm con- I was confused. I was like, wait a minute. Somebody ate the banana? But wait a minute. They sold three of these? But wait, it wasn't the banana? So what was the piece of art? Just the piece of tape? No, the piece of art was the thing, the idea, the you know, and they sold certificates of that thing slash idea. I feel the like actual you banana, think you understand this. Which, I don't. I really don't. Okay, good. I, I mean, I understand the words you're saying. Yeah. I just want to make sure that you didn't get on board with this being art. <laughs> oh, no. No, this is one of those things where I'm like, I do want to say, like from a person who loves TV shows like Succession, like in a cynical way, I understand what's going on and I applaud you, sir. For being able to convince very wealthy people to part with their hard-earned money yeah. by getting convincing them that taping a banana to a wall is worth $120,000. And then, to add insult to injury, or brilliance to genius, uh-huh. um, eating, eating it. the banana. Yeah. And being like, well, I didn't sell you the banana, man. I sold you the idea <laughs> of the banana. So I'm just oh, giving you a piece of paper that says you just bought this piece of art. So kudos. Um, and I don't know what else to say other than this is just a lot of sadness. Well, it's, Especially when, I mean, I just did a spot for my friends over at Alight yeah. who are trying really hard to, and I hate to make these sort of arguments on occasion or uh, most of the time, but on occasion I want to because there are people who literally have access or don't have access to clean water. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you spent $120,000 on this? Um, basically a joke. I mean, the other thing, it, it makes me think of that Banksy piece that was uh, created to be shredded yeah. upon it being auctioned off. Mm-hmm. There's almost this interesting, th- not all artists, but there are some artists who take it to the next level where they almost are mocking the buffoonery. Oh, for sure. And I appreciate that yeah. from my armchair, but I also get real eye-rolly about it. Well, that's why I said, like, the cynical side of me says kudos to you and uh, keep up the good work fleecing rich people out of money that they don't even realize is not worth anything to them. But at the same time, then you look at people who don't have access to clean water and you think to yourself, I mean, yeah. surely we could make this point for a far, you know, less uh, consequential amount of money. Yeah, and maybe do some good in the process. Yeah. Speaking of Art Basel, uh, I would like to bring up another artist who f- was featured at Art Basel, Kanye West. Oh, what's he doing? 
Oh, I can't. Kanye West did another uh, opera over the weekend at Art Basel. You remember he put on the opera Nebuchadnezzar at the Hollywood Bowl in less, like he announced it in less than two weeks they had performed it. Yeah. He uh, has starred in another opera called Mary. Mary is his retelling of the nativity story. Mary was performed on uh, barges out on an expanse of water. The actors accessed these barges via speedboats and watercraft. Uh, Unlike Nebuchadnezzar, his previous um, opera where he did not actually appear in it, he only narrated it. He actually did appear in this opera. He was dressed head to toe in silver, including silver face and head paint. So all over his face and his head. But here's where this is why he's a D-bag. And this is why I, okay, uh, this is a larger conversation that we don't need to have right now, but I want people to pay attention to this because this is what he's doing. Okay. He used this opera, Mary, which is a retelling of the nativity story. um, And it only featured his own music, some of his own throwbacks from his own catalog, including but not limited to, I thought about killing you. Which is one of the songs from his previous album before Jesus is King about how he thought about killing his wife. Oh, yeah. I remember we talked about this. Okay. So I actually am pretty familiar with the Nativity story. I've read many versions of it. Yeah. I don't remember the part where that was in it. Can I ask a question? Please. When they say this is an opera. Yeah. What does that mean? And what I mean by that is, what because when when I saw that he is doing these operas, and I'll I'll con- um, admit that I haven't done any deep digging into this particular story or the one before it. Um, when I hear somebody wrote an opera, I think, wow, somebody wrote all this music and lyrics and stagecraft mm-hmm. for something, right? But this just sounds like he just put together a bunch of his songs yeah. that to me is not an opera right right, right. so this again there's levels of the debaggery here okay first of all he's using the nativity story in his newfound um you know religion to just repackage and push his own product which should make you suspicious in the first place that's number one but number two to your point, Bradley, he's also appropriating the word opera in a way that does not necessarily actually describe what that is. Because it says here that he took several tracks from his older catalog, which you referenced, mm-hmm. the whole production, which also included him reading passages from the Bible. Yep. So he just like threw some stuff together this is my, that's not an opera and this but is my I, point but again i don't know maybe we should get an actual opera expert on here to well, tell us what they think about this because my understanding would be that somebody sat down and created you know an overarching story and did it in certain in certain ways that are unique to operas right and i don't see that in what i've seen yeah. i have not actually seen the quote opera but this to me does not an opera make. Uh, it was his second collaboration with the same artist that he collaborated with. Uh, Vanessa Beecroft is her name. 
that he created Nebuchadnezzar at the Hollywood Bowl with on November 24th. Um, I, I, I am incredibly um, suspicious and slightly aggravated and a little bit unnerved by what Kanye West is doing. Mm-hmm. And I just, I want people to really be thoughtful and pay attention before we all jump on the bandwagon of yeah. Kanye West and his newfound spirituality. That's all I'm asking. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, I got more opinions, but I'm going to keep them to myself for now. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, oh, I have an antidote to our D-bag. This is my favorite thing. When somebody has done something so amazingly correct that we must celebrate it, we're going to do that after this on My Talk 1071. So we love to tell you about D-bags on the Colleen and Bradley show, but when we um, see... A hero among the celebrities. We have to honor them as well. Uh, they are anti D bags. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hello. And oddly, and I don't know, I mean, I don't not celebrate this gentleman, but uh, we don't usually celebrate Ryan Reynolds. No. He's I just mean... sort of like a non entity. Blind items would have you believe he's a little bit of a um, a little bit of a cad, but yeah. but this is a good story. Well, today I just want to honor him for taking a viral moment and making it really work for him. Um, he, of course, is uh, one of the owners. He is the owner, but I'm sure he's one of many people owns Aviation American Gin. Yeah, and he took advantage of the Peloton craze of that. Peloton ad. Oh, God, that dumb ad that now everybody has somehow connected to. Yeah. Yes. Well, the woman who's featured in that ad, he got her on board to record an ad for his gin, his Aviation American gin. And it is so obvious, so so obvious obvious that this is a nod to all of the Peloton craziness that was sparked by that ad. So he tweeted out. Over the weekend, uh, the com- the new commercial, this was tweeted out actually on Friday. Uh, this was tweeted out with the sentiments exercise bike not included. Hashtag aviation gin. Now, it's a visual commercial. It's a TV commercial. But this is the audio from the commercial. Before, we, before you play it, it's her sitting at the bar with a gin martini and two other women who also have a gin cocktail. She basically slams the cocktail. Here's what you hear. This gin is really smooth. Yeah. We can get you another one mm-hmm. if you like. You're safe here. To new beginnings. To new, to new beginnings. beginnings. Okay. Isn't that kind of cute? Yeah. So essentially, it's like she's drinking her sorrows away because yeah. she's been the butt of everybody's conversations around the dumb Peloton bike. Uh, and I just want to say, Ryan Reynolds, good job getting on top of that. I just think it's hilarious with this particular story. I mean, maybe it's because I missed the actual ad because um, I was in my you know holiday happy place. But like, I just keep seeing headlines like the man in the Peloton commercial speaks out for the first time. The whatever, whatever in the Peloton commercial has their first interview. I mean, you guys, it was literally a commercial that 
you know, was not maybe what it was intended to be, caused a bit of a conversation online. And now it's sort of become, you know, this viral experience where everybody has to weigh in. And soon Lizzo will be cutting a track on her next album called Peloton Girl. (laughs) I honestly think that there is some student of pop culture somewhere in some master's program who's doing a project on this because it's not just the dumb commercial. It's the people in the commercial that created sort of their own craze. And then there's the response to the commercial. And then there's the, 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 what's it called? The pushback from the pushback of the commercial. It's just created so many different levels of memory that I can't even, and this is one of them, but kudos to Ryan Reynolds for seeing something and making it work. But you are right. The Peloton craze is a little bit out of control. He was, you know, uh, his, he and his people were brilliant in taking this opportunity to sort of, you know, benefit from this story in a way that makes them all look happy and she looks like she you know gets a new gig up because apparently everybody was concerned that she was never going to be able to work in hollywood again okay which this is another over dramatic thing about this dumb commercial i'm if i'm being perfectly honest with you i've watched the ad more than once i could not pick the guy who played the husband out of a lineup yeah but he went on one of the morning shows talking about how he was getting, uh, you know, email from people about what a horrible misogynist he was. Like, who are He's these people? He's an actor. I mean, that's the thing. This is the frustrating thing about the world that we live in. You right? guys, calm down. It's really it not a not, big deal. It is not the worst thing in the world. They had a bad commercial. Any other day of the week. You know, bad commercials are a way of life. Yeah. Right? It's just a part of the world that we live in. But I will confess to the fact that I saw that I watched the commercial once. I didn't really get the deal about it. But then I started to read what people's gripes about it were. And then I hopped on board a little bit. Yeah, of course you do. Because like all things, you know, you find you have an opinion about something. And God bless America. We have noon to three please listen to our opinions on the world as it happens mm-hmm. we will provide those to you mm-hmm. uh, i was going to say 365 days a year but that is not the case five days a week from noon to three um but like i marvel at like the ability for people to stop what they're doing and have a th- like we get paid to do this yeah right a lot of other people get paid to do it a lot of people have made a career out of doing it but i think about the people for whom they're just going about their life are there really people that are just going about their life who stopped and had a very thoughtful opinion about this? I mean, sure, maybe one or two, but it's just so fascinating to me that people would, you know, just think a way to be frustrated about this thing. Social because, media gives us all the opportunity to be experts on all things. Well, but I also marvel at their ability to do it to this particular issue versus, I don't know. Clean water. (laughs) Well, yes, there's that. There's that whole argument. But also the 5,000 other things that are popping up at any given moment. Like, where do you choose how to register your outrage? Right. A Peloton. Like, I I try to honestly think about, I mean, you and I get to, it's not probably the same for us because we are a little different, right? Um, But I don't find myself, like, writing letters to the editor online comments that, you know, maybe it's because we get three hours to air those yeah. grievances every day. Here's the only thing I will say about that. I think it's a relatively low stakes or people think it's a low stakes place to lodge their disagreements, yeah. you know? No, for sure. And that might be one it's, of the reasons why people flocked to the Peloton ad yeah. versus 
like you said, any number of other problematic ads that are just dumb or bad. But I imagine a certain amount of that is like Me Too-ism. And I don't mean hashtag Me Too. I mean, like people see a story and they want to hop on it and they want to prevent, they want to present their own take on it. Yeah. And then it just becomes like piling on. And then unfortunately, Peloton sort of, because like, in the grand scheme of bad ads, was this the worst Mm-mm. ad we've seen? Not and even you do by a country have to have mile. A little bit of sympathy or empathy for, um, maybe not sympathy, but empathy anyway for like the people at Peloton who were like, we thought this was going to be a good thing. <laughs> even though, you know, looking back in hindsight and all that, you can say, well, what were you thinking? Right. But- Uh, I definitely want to make sure that we have enough time to get set up for what we're about to do next on the Colleen and Bradley show. So we tried this a little bit last week, but we did not get the opportunity to give it give it its full due. We know that there are people in your life that are difficult to shop for. Mm -hmm. Right, Bradley? Yes, indeed. And we want to help you find the perfect gift for that person. And so we are willing to put on our gift doctor coats yeah so you know that show they do on ABC. it's abc right the doctors maybe sure yeah it's a syndicated show yeah. i think you know it's in the same place with like dr oz and like phil phil that guy phil um he's a doctor too. i actually was on the doctor's set once oh. yeah at paramount studios mm-hmm. they have an actual set that's where bradley learned wow, all of this that's magic it's true but we're basically the doctors except we're on the radio and we're only doing gifts so if you've got one of those people in your life that you're having a difficult time getting a gift for, we're willing to um, take a fresh look at it, maybe like a bird's eye view of the situation and give you some ideas that maybe are outside of the box. You may think you've combed every corner of the Internet and you simply cannot find the perfect gift for this special someone. We're going to help you. Yes, let us be your gift doctors. And at the very least, um, we'll share some really fun gift ideas. 651-641-1071. Think about that really difficult to buy for a person in your life. And we will happily help you find the absolute perfect gift for that person. I think we did it moderately successfully last week. Yeah. Uh, And we'd like to hear back, by the way, from our friend who we gave great advice to. 651-641. Yeah. Pat myself on the back. Uh, 651-641-1071. If you want Colleen and Bradley to be your own personal gift doctors, we will take your calls when we come back after this on the Colleen and Bradley show. Streaming live at mytalk1071.com. We'll be back after this. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.